What's up? We want to give thanks to all of our amazing sponsors. Piper Diamonds, your hometown jeweler. Bling, bling at piperdiamondco.com. TheCardenasLawGroup.com, your concierge level service, which is for all your personal injury needs. And Compton Broomhead Dental at MunsterDental.com. This is top level luxury dental care. And Finley Volvo Cars of Las Vegas. Safety first since 1927. All right, Kelly Cardenas podcast. Let's go. All right, welcome to the Kelly Cardenas podcast where attitude is everything. If my voice sounds out of breath, it's because I just walked upstairs. So I, I feel bad because I need to work on my fitness. But this is the most unusual podcast that you will ever hear because I have with me in the studio Grammy Award winning uh, uh, musician, Mr. Tim Foreman from Switchfoot. And right now, you have color in your hair. <laughs> <laughs> We don't like to tell everyone that because that's his natural color that he's got. But I ran up the stairs. The reason why, because I have him in the salon right now, and I wanted to be able to sit down. Tim, where are you going on Monday? We're going up to L.A. to record a record. So we get the exclusive to be able to know about this. Give us some insight into, you wrote some of the songs. How many songs, we were just talking downstairs. How many songs have you guys written in this process leading up to this, uh, where you're going? Yeah, I mean it's it's been a heck of a year, right? And so <laughs> what has been, happened? I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Is it is it different? Does something yeah. happen? There's been a lot to write about. I'll just say <laughs> that. So um, yeah, I mean, we wrote 150, 160. I don't even know how many songs. Uh, close to 200, and um, not all complete songs, you know. But uh, there's there's been a lot to write about, and uh, we've distilled that list down to around 13, 14 songs, and we're going up to LA and. See if uh, see if they hold water in the studio and um, see what we got. So help us with the process of this. I'm so fascinated by it because, like, right when you came in, uh, Tim. For for all of you guys who know Tim, if you, well, you know him. If you're if you're on this planet, you know Switchfoot, um, one of the most successful bands over the last 20 years. I mean, you guys are incredible. Very very few bands stay together for as long as you have. Um, but also, let's talk about the process a little bit because you were telling me downstairs, like you wrote some, you you've written some of the some of the music, you've written some of the songs. You were saying some of them are throwaways, some of them are going to work out. We get into the studio and then we go. Tell us about this process because everyone from my side, the listening part, we're so blown away that this even happens, and we just think that magically albums drop out of the sky. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, it is magic because it's a magic trick that works on the magician because um, ask anyone who really writes songs for a living, makes music, if they're honest, they'll tell you that they don't even know where they come from. We don't. We don't know where music comes from. Um, uh, John, my brother, writes most of the songs and I write some of them with him. And uh, and it's, um, it's one of those things where... Uh, Sometimes songs come to you. They come to him a lot more than anyone I've ever met. Um, 
And, uh, and, and some, some days you'll spend all day working on a song and you think it's incredible and then it disappears overnight and you wake up in the morning, you, you listen to it and you go, Oh, I guess, I guess that wasn't as special as I thought it was. But, um, uh, so, you know, I think anything creative, you have to be willing to, to tear it down and start again. So with you too, this is something that you told me the last time, cause we got a chance to, we've known each other. We, well, I've known you for over 20 years. You have it, you've known me for maybe four or five, right? So if you do the math on that, guys, I've, I've been a fan for over 20. Um, met Tim, actually in, uh, met him, uh, you know, in the, in the community. And, um, you know, you told me last time that a lot of artists like yourself that are, you know, function on high level. Um, if you listen to the first podcast, we learned about the Grammy that you uh, ran out of gas on the way home, um, but that you're not an, uh, that you're not extroverts, that you're not people out there jumping up and down. And this was, this was news to me, um, that you were just kind of, Hey, I'm kind of chill. Like, uh, you know, I just kind of stay to myself, things like that. Is this normal in the, in the, uh, in the profession? I think it's, it's not uncommon for people to, um, that really put themselves, pour themselves into the music to not, always have a lot left for, um, for being an extrovert. You know, I, I think, I think it can happen, but I think, um, definitely for John and I, we, uh, we express a lot of what we're feeling, uh, through the songs and through just a, a, a small community. And, um, and, uh, and we save the, uh, the wild partying for other people, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so when, you, when you're going up to L.A., you're going to be uh, recording at one of the most, like, heralded studios that's ever been. You just yeah. told me about it. Talk, let's talk about that. So this is Sound City. Okay. This is a legendary studio in L.A. Nirvana Nevermind was recorded there. <sighs> uh, Fleetwood Mac Rumors. Um, some great Tom Petty records. It, the list goes on and on. It's a phenomenal place. And what's unique about it for us is that we've recorded our last four or five records in our studio uh, here in Carlsbad. And, uh, you know, we're very comfortable in our studio. We love it. It's, it's like home for us. And this is, uh, this is uh, an, another way to kind of mix things up, you know, to get outside of our comfort zone and, um, and also, you know, uh, get a bit, bit of history by, by, by uh, walking in those halls and um, and hearing what Sound City sounds like on these songs. So another thing was, is when I said to you, I said, you know, it may be just like you going to work for a week, but to all the rest of us, this is the greatest thing. Like, you're about to make a record. Like, I'm talking to you right now on Saturday, on Monday. You're going to be in the studio dropping a record that millions of people are going to listen to. And when I said that, you said, no, 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 it's not just normal to me. I've still got that feeling. Let's talk about that feeling. I mean, because a lot of times people think, oh, well, you know, I get to this point and then I, I just do my job. But what you were saying is, no, I'm in love with this thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't sleep last night. You know, this is Saturday. We're going in Monday. And I feel like uh, it's Christmas on Monday. You know, I, I, I just, I'm giddy. I'm, I've been looking over the list of gear that they have. I'm just a total gear nerd and... um trying to think of what I want to bring and not bring. And, uh, it's, it's going to be amazing. We're, we're going to just kind of immerse ourselves in that world for two weeks and come out the other side. Um, hopefully a, a little transformed, you know, hopefully, uh, recording is not just about the end result. It's about, uh, being changed along the way, you know, and learning 
growing as a, as a band, as an individual. And so uh, I can't wait to come out the other side and see what we've got. So how many hours a day will you guys be in the studio for these two weeks? Because you're going to be sequestered from your family, right? Because the fam's not coming up. Are they going to come up and see you? No, I, we will come down on the weekend. But um, yeah, but we're, you're in. You're and, in. And, 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 you know, that used to be normal, right, to go on tour for a week or two. Mm-hmm. Um, but in a year where I haven't done anything, you know, I haven't gotten on an airplane. There have been no trips, uh, which has not happened in my entire adult life ever. Um, this so, is the first year in your adult life that you have never been on a plane. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if there's been a month in my adult life that I haven't gotten on an airplane. Wow. So, um, yeah, it's been a very different year. And so I think it's going to be unusual. Um, you know, I don't like being away from my family. Um, but there is something about being immersed in the artistic process and not coming out of it, um, at least for a few days at a time, that I think will be important. So talk to me about a little, a few of the rituals that you have personally, because you guys will have them as a band, right? You guys have some things that, that you'll do. Like, I mean, my, my creative process is when I go and when I go and speak to an audience, I uh, generally run a mile before I eat an uh, apple, which is Honeycrisp because I got, I got apple game. Do you have apple game? Or do you just? I don't. I don't apple? know about this apple game. Hey, we need to step that apple game up. Okay. You can't, I mean, there's there's different types. Now okay. I go Honeycrisp because most of the time it's there, but that's 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 it. But the pinnacle is Sweet Tango. You go Sweet Tango, you're never coming back. See, I'm the guy that stands there looking at all the choices, and I just get overwhelmed, and, and then I just go for what's cheapest. Don't go Red Delicious, man. <laughs> red, red, red Delicious probably not going to want to listen to the podcast. Uh, Sweet Tango, though, that is the next level. So I have this the, the, a few little rituals, right, that I do. Take us through some of your personal rituals that you're going to do. Um, obviously, you're going to be staying in the hotel, a hotel that's close, or do you guys rent Airbnb? And yeah, and we rented a house. Rented um, a house. Okay. Yep. So that and and that'll be part of the artistic process. I mean, we'll be hanging out. Yeah, we'll have our our guitars out at the house as well. And so I think that you know that's all part of it is that the music. You never leave the music when you're up there. You know, you're at the studio or you're at the house, but um, the music follows you everywhere, and that's. It's been a while since we made a record like that. Do you guys go into mode as far as like sometimes, uh, you know, it seems like you guys have a lot of fun. I watch you on stage. I've watched you for years. You guys have a lot of fun. You love your fans. And that's the thing that I see the biggest part is like you really, really, truly engage with your fans. When you guys go into this, you know, the Airbnb one. Are you guys back to being nine? Because I know if all my buddies got together and we have a house, which we do every year, shout out to Will, Andy, my brother, Rob, Dave, we are knuckleheads and playing pranks on each other, you know, stuff like that. Do you guys, are you, or are you guys like, no, you need to chill out and you need to make sure and do some music? <laughs> no, I mean, that, that's one of the things that has kept us a band for as long as we have been. Um, I think that's really unique, actually, that we love each other more now than we did when we started this thing. Um, because I think, you know, long-term friendships, they either go one of two ways where you, the more you know about someone, the more you despise them or the more you love them, you know, and I'm, I'm thankful that we've gone that direction. Uh, so we, we have a good time always when we're together. So you and your bro, he's your big brother. Yeah. Am I correct? Okay. Does he have that big brother power on you? Like my brother, (laughs) my brother's smaller than me. Yeah. He's, he's older than me. So he's my big brother. Uh-huh. But he's got that big brother Jedi. Like no matter how big I get, and I'm a lot bigger than him. Yeah. Like I'm a lot bigger than him. He'll whoop me any day of the week, right? Does your brother have that? that, that yeah, well, he's brother? also got like a good two or three inches on a, a re- his reach. So I've never been able to beat him in <laughs> boxing. You would take him down though? You guys I mean, little brothers, that we can be scrappy though. Okay, you know? good. 
Yeah. Now, what are the pranks that you pull on each other? Like, do you guys, do you pull some pranks on your bro? You know, it's been a while since I think I've it's pulled time. a good prank. I'm going to have to think about this one. Okay, I can give you one. One time we were at a, a restaurant, and one of the girls that was with me, I went back into the uh, kitchen, and I thought I would need to go to the bathroom, and I told the chef to uh, make a pat of butter in the size of a cheesecake, and then put some raspberry sauce on it, and he brought it out, That's and amazing. she hit that butter, dude. That's oh, a good one. You, you can do that one. How many bites did, she, did it she, take before she realized? She hit one good one, and <laughs> I mean, and she took it to the head, and, and yeah. she, was, she, was, she was blasted. So. Yeah. so tell us, too, about the creative process because we were just talking about this where um, a lot of times people try and systemize, right? And they try and, in today's society, they try and systemize everything. Yeah. If they see you and they're around you, they're like, oh, wow, I'm going to make an eight-step course on how to be Tim Foreman. And what you just told me downstairs blew my mind about creativity. Talk to us about that. Well, I think with creativity, you think a lot about process, right? You're, um, you're trying to refine your process, um, get better at what you do. But what is unique about that at least in our creative world, is that when we go into the studio to make an album, we're trying to not do what we've done before. And so it's this constant building up and tearing down. You build a process up, you destroy it, you start again. And with each album, you have to decide what are the things that I learned, what are the processes that I built on the last one that I should keep, and what are the ones that I need to destroy. And... um you know, so I think you're always trying to get better at what you do, but you're also trying to look at it like you've, it's the first time you've picked up a guitar because that's where the magic is. So uh, we, me and my friends have had uh, uh, f- uh, talks about this. Shout out to Will and shout out to Dave and my brother uh, Rob that professional athletes, like we, we ask ourselves, would it be better to become a professional athlete and, and win the Super Bowl and then get cut from a team and work at the grocery store? or to never have experienced it ever, which one would you want? And most of us are like, I'd much rather not experience it, right? Uh. Because if you experience that, and that like you've experienced that, and everyone's serving you, and you're doing everything, right? How is that when you have, when you win a Grammy, and you make more music, is the expectation in your head? Now, I know you as a humble guy, you weren't making the music to, make a, to get a Grammy, but it's kind of cool. Although you told me it was somewhere dusty up in your house, like you didn't even know where it was at the time. You were like, it's in the back of the closet. Does it put, I mean, you're a human being, does it put pressure on you when you, exceed, when you have the type of heights and accomplishments that you do? I think it can if you believe it. Um, my dad gave me some really good advice when I was younger, when John and I were younger, kind of just starting the band. He said, don't believe the hype, mm. whether it's good or bad. Um, and I think at the time it was easy to, to, uh, receive that in that, yeah, when people don't understand what you're doing, when they don't get it, when they say bad things about your band, you know, shake it off. Um, but then it was years later when we started having success that, um, that it came back to me as like, oh, don't believe this either. You know, don't, don't believe the hate, but also don't believe the hype, um, because it's uh, so much of it is just fake, you know, and I think to see it for what it is, it's like, yeah, it's 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 a Grammy or it's, um, you know, uh, a hit song. These are all just kind of fleeting things. Um, and, uh, you know, to, to see it for what it is, it's a moment. Yeah. But it doesn't define you. 
And, um, and then I think it, that, that allows you to kind of not ride the highs and lows and live and die on them. Well, I think it's amazing because I watch you as a person and I watch you around the neighborhood and around the community and stuff like that. And, and you're not a high and low guy. Like you're just, I mean, in your, you're stable in it. And I think that that preparation, your, your pops uh, hearing that I think is so, so, so important. Let's go to native tongue because native tongue is, is I've loved every one of your albums that you've ever done. And I've, I've consumed them. I love them. I, I listen to them all the time. When I hit native tongue, it rocked everything inside of me like to the point where and i've done this to you i've texted you when i'm driving and i'm listening to your song now you may be like you need to ease up i'm having dinner with my family but i'm seriously there's been times man where i'm in my truck and i'm not trying to tell all my boys this although they're gonna hear it dude i'm in tears like i'm in tears listening to the song it's and and, i mean my wife my my daughter and i listened to it the whole album on the way to the daddy daughter dance mm. and then i show up to the daddy daughter dance and i see you like this is crazy stuff talk to us about native tongue because it was such a exploration it was such a different sound yep right um and talk to us about the process of, of being able to make that because that was i mean you guys were taking a chance yeah yeah um I think every album is a journey for us. I think the journey we were on, um, at least sonically with that one, was uh, how to find um, an element of danger without uh, uh, utilizing the same um, kind of grungy guitars that maybe we would have in the past. You know, um, I think we've seen music change a lot over the last 20 some years and uh you know uh, there there was a we grew up with uh with heavy loud guitars that's that was the scene we came up in and um to still be making the same sounding records 20 years later would be a, a bit disappointing you know um but what we love um what i love about music whether it's hip-hop or rock or pop or whatever it is, I I do want an element of danger. You know, I want to feel like there's some risk involved. And so I think that was the the challenge was how do we infuse um, this real risk and danger in music, but maybe uh, give the the heavy, aggressive guitars um, a backseat and we find it in other ways. Well, it was, I mean, right off the bat, the first track, the first track was Native Tongue on the, on the, uh, on the, I call it a CD. I yeah. like to call it an album. I, when I say that to my daughter, she's like, what's an album? Uh, is it download dad? <laughs> but <laughs> whatever you want to call I'll call it a tape for all I, I want. But that first song, I mean, it comes out. Talk to me about Native Tongue because I grew up like my, my favorite group um, of rappers and hip hop was Native Tongue. Mm-hmm. So right when I saw it, I was like, oh, Native Tongue. I mean, you know, with Dela and, and Tribe Called Quest, things like that. But you guys did a spin on Native Tongue that when I listened to the lyrics, seriously, it rocked, it rocked my core. So talk to us about that, that song. Yeah, I mean, that's, that song, uh, when we wrote it, was when the collection of songs turned into an album. There's that, that moment that happens sometimes where you're just kind of writing songs and you're writing songs and then you come across a concept that galvanizes them all together and you suddenly see them all not as uh, separate songs but as pieces of one entity. Um, 
and then it feels like a collection and that you have something to say that yes you're saying things individually on each song but then as a as a group you're saying something um and that was what that song was on on that album when we wrote it um uh, the 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 concept of for native tongue that the word just popped into my head when i was surfing out at pano and um i came to the studio and was talking with john about that that idea um and and it was interesting because he had a completely different response to uh, the term native tongue. For me, when when I was thinking about that phrase, I was thinking a lot about identity. And you know, we we're writing a lot of songs and trying to figure out what we wanted to say. And I think what it what it that phrase spoke to me was, what are the things that are uniquely unique to me that only I can say? That's my native tongue. And he took the complete opposite approach and said what is the commonality that all of us as humans speak what is our common native tongue not what's unique to just me but what is unique to all humans and the idea that we came out of that with was that um, we've forgotten our native tongue we've grown to learn to speak hatred to speak division um and that's not our native tongue. The mm-hmm. very first thing that we learn when we come into this world, you know, whether you had a, a good mom or, or, or she wasn't there at all, there was someone that changed your diaper, that fed you, that clothed you. And that's love. That is speaking love. That is the first thing that we learn. And that, that is our native tongue. And the album became about reclaiming that, finding that native tongue. The next track. Well, not the next track in, in succession, but the next track that really stuck out was uh, It's Going to Be All Right. Mm-hmm. Am I saying the title right? Uh, yeah, yeah. We're okay. going to be all right. Yeah. We're going to be all right. This, I believe that if you haven't heard this song, you need to go right now. You need to stop the podcast. You need to listen to this song because in these times, that song, that's an anthem for the world. Like, tell me about the process of writing that. I mean, when I say that, we're going to be all right. And like people could be like, Oh wow. You know, uh, but it really like that one again. I mean, it rocked me, man. And when I listened to it I, and it took me through, I saw you a couple of times right when the pandemic started and I was running and it was, it was raining outside Yeah, I and you were that. on the, you were on the one one and, and I was running and I was listening to two songs. One was, um, uh, De La Soul and Snoop Dogg pain, mm. which pain is going to make you better. Yeah. And it was it was talking that and I was listening to that and the other one was we're going to be all right. And it carried me right through. Tell me the, the process of that that particular song. Yeah, that's that's a song where the verses are are a little darker. Um they don't sound like they are, but lyrically they are. They they're saying, you know, it's okay to feel, it's okay to fear, it's okay to doubt, it's okay to believe in nothing at all. It's okay all these things that we're feeling. It's okay. Um but then the chorus is, uh, I see the look in your eyes. We're going to be all right. Um, and, yeah, I, I mean, that definitely, even though it was written a few years ago, it definitely speaks to what, what we've been going through this year, right? Well, I tell you, I started a couple of meetings with it during the pandemic. And I turned off, uh, I turned off my sound, and I turned that on. And I made every single person listen to it before we started our meeting. Mm. And when you... St- turn a song on, on a Zoom call. It's kind of uncomfortable because everyone's looking at it and they're like, are you going to go? And I, I tell you, there was people in tears in the place that was going through. So um, with the new one, right? So we're talking literally exclusive. We're Saturday right now. 
Monday you're about to record. Do you have ones in your pocket right now, in your heart, in you, that you're saying that's going to be a hit? Mm. No, I not never. At all. I, I never. You've know. never called it. You've um, never called a shot. Even even not spoke it out loud, but you've known it. And then when it hit, you were like, "That's what I'm talking about, baby." I don't know. I, 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 when we <laughs> when we put a song on a record, it's gone through a long process. Okay. Um. So I I always feel like every song on the record is going to be a hit. Y- yeah. Yeah. There we go. Why would I put it on the record? You know what I mean? Like, I, I believe in these songs. I mean, I, I guess a, a hit is such a um, hard term to define, you know, what, what, is it, what makes a hit. But to me, what makes a hit is when um, we have a phrase uh, that we came up with a few albums ago, if you ain't crying, why are you singing it? So that's a hit, you know? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, have you and, made that and, song? Is that a song? If you ain't. If you ain't crying, is it a song? We haven't made that a song. That's a song right there. Hey, I, I get uh, co-writing, <laughs> That's right. co-writing, co-producing. On that yeah. Way. But seriously, if it, if you ain't crying, what what is it? Why are you singing it? Why are you singing it? I mean, you imagine that being a chorus, right? Yeah. Right? I'm telling you, the creative process. I'm learning how to write music <laughs> here. I'm joking with you. Um, so tell us, take us through the the process of writing a song because I think a lot of people, it's it's so foreign to them. Like, this is, you know, you said there's magic. Yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, it's still a mystery to me. Okay. It is. It's very mysterious so because one- it's different every time. Sometimes it's a, um, it starts with the music first. Sometimes it starts with a phrase or a concept, or sometimes it starts with a very complete lyric. And then you have to try and figure out how to put music to it. You know, tell us about one of them. Uh, and just tell us about that particular process. Uh, I mean, any of the songs, uh, you know, you told us a little bit about Native Tongue, You're Out in the Water. Yep. Um, phenomenal surfer, by the way. Um, I got to see him. I, I don't, like, I, I've been wanting to ask him, like, hey, you know, Tim, can I go surfing with you? But I don't want to because you are so good. And I am, like, straight, uh, what is the, um, wave storm. I'm all <laughs> wave storm, baby. I love the wave storm. <laughs> Big yeah. wave storm. So I'm trying to get sponsored by them. Um, but, uh Tell, tell us about a song and tell us the process in that particular, because what you said before was you got this creative process, but you can't go to the well at the exact same place. Yep. And I find this in speaking too. Like when I'm going to speak to a crew, I actually did this awful. Right. So I, 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 I spoke to a, a crowd and I had them, you know, when you're playing and you got them yeah. and I had them. And then uh, probably two, three weeks later, I had another crowd. And I was like, I know how I had them. So I'm going at it. And I went and it just bombed. (laughs) It bombed. Like the jokes didn't work, nothing like that. So you talked about having to blow up the process and Mm -hmm. just allow it to actually happen. Yeah. So tell us about one of those times. And speaking to what what you're talking about, that's why we a long time ago stopped um, doing the same set list. Like you go on tour – most bands play the same set list every night. They might switch out a song or two. We blow up the set list every night. Every night. Because there's no way that what was special about last night even should be a part of what's special tonight. Tonight's a different night. It's different people in the room. It's a different city. It's a different atmosphere. And um, so, yeah, completely different set list every night. And then even from that point, we get on stage and we never follow the set list. We might follow the first couple songs, and then John will be like, all right, um, this song's not on the set list, but you know, <laughs> he starts throwing fastballs at us. And, and that's what I love about live music, is it, it should feel reckless and dangerous and in the moment, and um, you know, it should feel like anything could happen. 
So you're really living in that. I mean, for your fans, like this is the, another thing that, you know, you're still going to tell me about a process. So you're going to tell me about a lyric, but let's go, let's jump that one and let's go into your fans because I've never heard. And, and you talk about your fans when they're not there. Like you could have a conversation with me and be like, yo, you know, I love the music, you know, but, but you talk about your fans, like they're your family, like you're connected with them. You know what I mean? Like you're, yeah. you're doing those things. What do they mean to you? And you know, what do you want them to get out of all this process? Yeah. Well, we've been on a journey, you know, the people that listen to our songs, um, you know, some of them are coming along, you know, with the, within the last couple of years, but there's other people who've been with us for 10, 15, 20 years. And I'm here <laughs> putting a <laughs> finger at yourself. I love it. Um, and, and, and I think we've seen, uh, we've seen the world change for, um, for good as a community. We've done things together. We've fought for social justice at times. We've raised money for different causes and, um, and to, to be on this journey together, uh, it's more than just about singing about change. It's about being a part of the change and to see that this is a community that we all kind of embrace causes that are important to us um, is, is really amazing. And so we've been doing these live streams, you know, because there's no live music right now. Yeah. One a month. Uh, we, we launched a subscription where we we um, play one live stream a month and we put a lot of effort into it. We spend all month kind of dreaming it up, changing like the lighting and the video content. And um, we go all out and uh, we have, you know, a bunch of people tuning in from all over the world live watching these. We see the comments coming in. And so we're responding to things in the moment, like a song request or a shout out to, you know, whatever country someone's from. But then at the end of the show, Everyone still hangs out. And um, so we did our last live stream was just a few nights ago. And uh, we kind of finished the live stream. I packed up some things and went home. And I checked out the the chat, you know, when I got home. And there were still like, you know, like several hundred people. This is like several hours later after the live stream. Still just, it's just the live stream, the chat is just going like crazy and people are talking and making friends with each other all over the world. And it is a family. We're seeing a community in a a very 2020 way, you know, where out of the um, the ashes of the adversity is this beautiful thing that's kind of blooming out of that at a time when we all need it. So yeah, we, um, we definitely love our fans. It's, it's a very special uh, thing that we have going I know you won't commit. He's such a nice guy. You won't commit to any song. You have a you have a banger in your head though. Do you have one of those ones that you're like, I love this one right now. I'm feeling these lyrics right now. Oh, you can't. Man. I know you're not going to say them right yeah. now because we're going to release it. Maybe we'll leak it a couple of days before. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But this 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 process. Or, I mean, when you're going in, like I see it in you. Like I see more. Like you're joyous anyway. But dude, when you walked in the salon today, it was like you were a kid and Christmas was coming. Yeah, we um we have really been pushing ourselves uh, in the studio writing this album, and um, I'm really really excited about what we've got. Uh, I still couldn't tell you exactly what we have got, <laughs> but I know it it doesn't sound like anything we've ever done before, um, which is really exciting to me. So as you go along, we've talked about features, we've talked about um, you know different types of people that you want to work with. At the level, most of the musicians out there are saying, I want to work with you. Like, I would love to be able to collaborate with Switchfoot. Like, I'd like to be able to do that. 
who are some of the people that you would be giddy and be like, yo, I would love to do something there. Like that would be amazing. Oh man, that's let's a talk, let's really talk, let's talk long same list. genre. Let's take uh, let's talk same genre, and then I want to talk cross genre because mm-hmm. I think this is so important. Where you know some of the greatest music has come from, you know, even you know seeing like an Eminem and a Elton John uh, play together. Now that yep. was because of some things that Eminem said at the time. You know what I mean? But being able to see that cross genre, I think, is so important because music is music. Yeah, does that make sense? Yeah. We were just talking about Common and the song "I Am Music" and. You know, some of the things we were talking about Talib Kweli and I have it playing down there because I, that's what I, my mood was today. Yep. I think, I mean, yeah, collaborating with Talib would be amazing. Um, and that's what I, I know you were saying, we'll talk crosses on later, but that, that is the thing that gets me more excited is like okay. um, when you blow up the genres, that, that's really interesting to me. But, it, you know, if you're looking like within um, kind of guitar music, okay. Um, Really love what Vampire Weekend is always doing, um, and so to to work with with Ezra and those guys would be would be pretty phenomenal. Mm-hmm. How about cross genre? You said Talib. Who else? Yeah, um, this isn't like really outside our genre, but it's definitely more kind of in the pop world. It would be uh, John Bellion. I think he's really brilliant, um, both with his lyrics and uh, and with his sounds. What about we talked about Anderson Pack? Um, this oh, one, that'd be amazing. This this one is hot. Like I, I mean, his his sound is so is. I mean, for me, there's there's different artists that come along. One was Maxwell, probably my favorite artist of all time. Um, and then I I connected uh, D'Angelo because D'Angelo had a different sound. He had some hip hop feel to him when he went to Voodoo uh, on the second on the second album. But those kind of things. Who are some of those transcendent people for you in music? I mean, I'm a total Beatles fanatic. Okay. Um, so, you know, Paul McCartney's probably the reason why I play bass. Really? Um, learned all those songs, at least the hack version of them as a kid, you know. <laughs> and um, John Paul Jones from Led Zeppelin. You know, I was really drawn to bass parts that were both melodic and rhythmic because I think that's what the bass is supposed to be. It's like your chance to still be melody, but you're also kind of a drum. So how many guitars, how many bass guitars are you taking up this weekend to go and record? I'm taking quite a few. How many? Uh, I think eight or nine. Really? Yeah. Do you have like a favorite one or is it just for different times? Yeah, different favorites. Different yeah, favorites? But, but most of them are pretty old. We like old stuff. Do you? Yeah. Okay, so you take all your own instruments up, right? Yep. Okay, everything from drums to everything? Um, I mean, so an incredible studio like Sound City, they've got some phenomenal gear already up there. Okay. So we're looking at their list and our list and, you know, not doubling up on stuff. But, um, yeah, we're still bringing quite a lot of stuff. So as you go, what is, the, what is the, the, the most exciting part for you when you're going into this process? Because, like, say, <clears throat> for me, travel, say, uh, when, I, when I was on the road a lot, um, a lot of my favorite part was the movies that we would go to in between the shows. Mm. So we'd go do the show and then we would go get lost in the city or do whatever. What is your favorite part as you're, that you're looking forward to um, when you're going up? Yeah, I think it's, um, it's like the, the space between the moments is what defines uh, the time. You know what I mean? Because like recording is, is it, it occupies all of your brain um everyone is fully engaged which is Mm -hmm. great 
Um, but then it's the space between those moments where um, real life happens. And I think that's, that's going to be uh, a special thing to be in kind of this bubble where it's just this creative bubble that we can fully immerse ourselves in what it means to be an artist, which is not just, you know, when the record button is red. So talk to me about like, or, or not to me, to talk to an aspiring um, musician that's out there playing little tiny clubs, um, playing on the street corners, um, you know, playing against other people's will and they're wanting to be a musician. You being at the level that you are, which you don't think of yourself at that level. You think of yourself as Tim and I always, I always love that about you and you're just such a humble guy. Talk to that young musician that is at the breaking point. Well, I think it's important to define for yourself what success means um, because the, um, the definitions that will be given to you are all wrong. You know, there's someone else's definition of success, um, but you need to define, well, what does that, what does success mean to me? And for us, we define that early on as playing songs that, that mean something to us, that make us cry, you know, that, that take us somewhere. Um, and then it doesn't matter what someone else thinks because that wasn't the point. The point was to create something that you could truly stand behind and say, yeah, I love that. I love that song. I love everything about it. I love what it says. I love the way it makes me feel. Um, or, <laughs> or, I mean, equally powerful, um, that makes me feel really uh, uncomfortable because it's so honest because that, I remember feeling that way when I wrote that song. That's important too. You know, songs aren't always about making you feel good, um, but they should make you feel something. Any predictions on what the album that you're about to record will be called? <laughs> I already know what it's called. You do? Yeah. He's not going to say it. He's not going to say it. He's going to whisper it to me later. Uh, He's going to whisper it to me later, but it's exclusive stuff. So you already know what it's going to be called. Yeah, which is which it. is unusual because we don't always know. But So but, you knew. Did, did a lyric hit you or did a, did a, did a, a concept hit you? Yeah. We aren't going to go too deep into it. I know you want to. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to leak it later, guys. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. Uh, last thing is the whole reason why I make the podcast is for my kids, right? Now, my son... Um, my son's a big fan of yours too. And he's like, are we going to see Mr. Tim? Are we going to see Mr. Tim? And he's going to be freaked out that I got a chance to be able to hang with you again. We, we got to go surfing, him and I. Yes. Now, you notice that Tim didn't say we as like him and I, because he knows my wave storm butt ain't going to get out there. My son is a gangster. He, yeah. he, he's, he, he could go. Um, but I made the podcast for my kids, my uh, Maddox and McKenna, uh, 11 years old now and eight years or nine years old. He just turned nine. And the reason why is I wanted to take iconic people like yourself. I wanted to, you know, have real conversations. And the fact that we get to talk about an album that is not made yet, that's about to be made in two days, two days. Yes. Two days. Mm -hmm. And you're going to go through this process. This is crazy stuff, right? What going into this with this joy in your heart that I see exuding from you, like the light, and you probably could hear it through the microphone right now. And you might be able to see it, but we'll never release the video. Um, is talk to Maddox and McKenna, give them some advice sitting where you're at right now, going into doing what you're about to do. Give them some advice on whatever piece of advice you would like to give them. 
Maddox and McKenna. Well, this is you a, say their names, though, Tim, because yeah. it makes me good in my family. Maddox and McKenna. Yes. How are you guys doing? <laughs> um, happy Halloween. Yes. Uh, are they dress- dressing up? They are dressing up. My son, we're trying to get him to dress up in the hot dog costume that he got. Uh-huh. But then he saw a superhero one, and we were like, no, the hot dog's cooler. Yep. My daughter is out right now because she's 11, so she's, like, really cool. Uh-huh. And, you know, we're trying to figure out which one. Okay, yep. These are, these are the important, uh, you know, decisions. Huge. Um, I haven't decided what I'm going to be either, so, you know, if you got any ideas. Uh, so, okay, here's uh, this. I'm just ripping off our drummer, Chad, because he's a very wise man. And um, in an interview recently, they asked him uh, something about, um, you know, advice for a young band or something. And I think this actually applies just to, to anyone, no matter what you're doing. He just said, let me see how many words this is. This is an eight, nine word advice. He just checked his fingers. So as, <laughs> as great, and this man has played in front of almost millions, millions of people, 500,000 at one time or whatever it is, and he just counted on his fingers. I want you to realize, guys, that you can do it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, man. I'm just glad um, it, it wasn't uh, more than 10 words. Exactly. Then I would have been had to stuck. take off the shoes. Yeah. Better take off the shoes. So nine words. Do what you love with people that you love. How? I thank you, man. Uh, I, I, I corralled him. This is, like I said, the most unconventional podcast we've ever done because literally I didn't tell him, I didn't prepare him for this. Um, I just said, hey, come up. Uh, I had the lights ready. I had the mics ready and we went. Uh, but I want to thank you so much. Um, how can they get a hold? Is it, uh, what's the, um, the, the website that they can go and the, the concerts, being able to see them every month? How can they do this? Yeah, switchfoot.com. Okay. Come join the party. We're having a blast. It's been really fun. The, so the last one we did was on a boat, uh, sailing around in the ocean. And, um, you know, we're just getting more and more silly with each one. It's been a lot of fun. Well, I, what I love about you guys is not just music. It's not just an album. It's a community and it's a culture of people and, you know, coming together that way, which I think is amazing, man. You have done so many great things and I know that you're going to continue to do more. I cannot wait for this new album to come out. I can't say the name. I don't even know the name, but I'm going to find out the name before any of you guys find out the name. And at some point, Tim, I want to be at your concert and I'm spraying champagne on the crowd. Okay. okay? That's cross genre <laughs> for me. So you're off the hot seat. Thank you for listening to Kelly Cardenas podcast where attitude is everything. Subscribe, click the links, do all the things, but understand and know guys that anything, anything that, uh, that you are purposed to do, then you have the ability to be able to do. And I just, I thank you so much, Tim, for being on the podcast, man. Hey, thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. You got it, brother.